What's up, America? Tony from the Real American Outdoors here. Back with the Real American Outdoors podcast. It has been a while. This evening, I have Anthony and Juan with me. How you boys doing? We are good. Hanging in there. So, uh, I believe it's been since January 2020 since the last time we did a podcast. The, safe to say the world was a different place the last time we did one of these. Yeah, a couple things have changed. Yes, and uh, we are still not social distancing, so we are... You know, still within a nice, comfortable, within six feet away from each other. So some things haven't changed. Yes, and if you're listening to this and you don't know what social distancing is, then you're probably not from this planet. Nope, you are not. So we'd like to welcome you all back. And uh, even though we haven't done a podcast in what feels like almost two years, we've definitely been active on the social medias and the YouTube channel. So we have provided uh, a lot of different content from a lot of different areas. So we appreciate you coming back and listening to us. But before we get started, I think it's time that we open up our refreshing beverage. So, pardon the noise. Ah, sounded good. All right. All right. Everyone's drinking Miller Lite tonight, so beer of champions. So, first thing we're going to talk about is the uh, something that's been going on a while, but this is the first time we're actually going to talk about it in the podcast, not just one of our YouTube videos, and that is the american fishing challenge so the american fishing challenge we we started as a way for people to get into tournament fishing without uh um dealing with uh steep financial commitments as well as um time constraints because everyone works different schedules and not everyone can make you know a saturday or sunday morning or dedicate that long of a day because we have work families and life and stuff like that as well so we can kind of combined uh in a way um the online fishing kayak format with the uh any vessel or bank fishing opportunity that you have to fish and uh mirrored that with you know a cheap way to again uh, the tournament fishing if you've never tournament fished before and i think we've made a decent product out of that yeah and you know what and then along with that it's like this the American Fishing Challenge, I think we are just promoting that the new way of just caring for fish instead of keeping them in your live well for eight hours and uh, having them bounce around, like staying hot in there. And a lot of fish, when after the release, they die. Yep, so it, this eliminates that whole factor and it maintains that um, the health of the fish. So, And another thing that's nice is that... Uh, um, because of the way we're structured, we don't have a minimum limit in terms of threshold. It's got to be like 14 inches is the common one. Every fish counts as long as you can put it on the measuring board. So, you know, there's no catching short fish and, uh, you still hold true. The biggest fish will still ultimately win, even though we're going by length and not weight. Uh, the biggest fish will ultimately win, which you can have a chance to catch the most but in this case we are doing the biggest five so we kind of I, I like how we have our best of both worlds approach where we don't have to worry about calling but every fish still counts no matter what body of water we're fishing yeah and i think that we've we've been doing this for what now five months i think we're in our fifth month uh, of it about to be may june july august september we're in our fifth month yeah we are in our fifth month of that that's crazy and uh, just every single month, I think we've learned of that. It's like you're cons constantly in a tournament mode without having to have that commitment of 
getting up early and traveling and the extensive cost of uh, tournament entry fees. Um, and I th- think this has just opened it up to people of all walks of life. Just because somebody can't afford a uh, three, four hundred dollar entry fee or can't leave, take time to leave their family, they can still fish a tournament, fish competitively, and fish for some decent money still. Yeah, and I've noticed like when we go out, you know, just whether it's at night or on the weekend, the mindset going out's you know different because I know every fish I catch, that fish now means something more than just oh we need some footage for a YouTube video or just you know personally I want to catch a fish in this body of water like. Every cast now means a little more. It's kind of like playoff baseball where every pitch matters. Now every cast matters because once you're in that tournament, you know, any, because any fish counts, you know, any, you know, you can either call out or just add to your limit. So I think that has definitely changed my perspective on fishing this year in terms of uh, forcing me to change lures faster or different tips and techniques or things like that as well. Yeah, and I th- I think you're onto something with the every cast counts. I do like that too. Man, should I use that? Yeah, I might have to use that for <laughs> marketing next year. And so, kind of how the current structure is, it's right now we call it the monthly opens, where it's uh, every month is a new tournament. But next year uh, we're going to have bigger and better, uh, I guess, events when it comes to the American Fishing Challenge. We're actually doing divisions next year. Yes. Which we will do a formal rollout video and explain all the divisions and uh, create all the tournaments on our Tourney X app. And uh, we'll, we'll get more into the weeds in terms of the stake breakdown then, but kind of we're making it more regional in terms of uh, uh, who you're going to be competing against. And ultimately there will be a year-end championship, which will be kind of like taking more of like the opens or the – I believe they call the Toyota series on the MLF side, kind of taking that structure with the structure we have and mirroring that together. I think that'll work out just great for everyone involved. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening or very few of you, or who knows, uh, this is a little bit of an insight here. Cause I think we're going to formally announce this at least the beginning part of next year, uh, tournament wise, we're going to announce that on October 1st. So depending on when you are listening to this, uh, podcast it is currently September 18th. Um, so we're going to be, I don't know, do we go in and talk a little bit about this or, uh, I think, I think that's a good teaser for that. Yeah. I and think then so too. We'll, we'll do one more teaser. Okay. And then we're also for our friends who live, uh, who live up North where it gets cold in the winter. Yes. We have a little special, uh, multi, month almost a we'll call it a season a season-long tournament event that will involve some hard water come january 1st so uh we, we haven't forgot about our people up north who uh enjoy fishing that hard water and that uh, getting up on that ice up there so more details with that to come as well yeah so make sure you keep track at uh realamericanoutdoors.com and you'll be able to see we have a little teaser on there right now of all the uh uh, different tournament series that we're going to be running next year and uh, a little countdown for our, our uh, for our northern friends with the hard water coming our way so yeah so just like there's always something happening in the real american outdoors there's always something going on at the american fishing challenge uh pretty much it's going to be all said and done we're probably going to be doing some sort of tournament fishing eight months out of the year there's going to be some sort of uh, event going on so very very little downtime 
uh, obviously those transitional months when it comes to, you know, that March, April in between period, especially north here and that November, December, uh, cold water period, that kind of that winter transition and that, you know, uh, going in and out of winter is kind of really, really where we, you know, the fishing is not known to be the greatest anyway. So, which works out because that is now a hunting season. Yes. Yes. So we are in September. A good segue. Uh, it, you know, there is the, ooh, cat. There is the uh, September 1st for most parts of the country is the opening of dove season. And uh, as you can see from our Instagram feed that and Facebook that we have gone out dove hunting a few times this year. Uh, feeling a little bit more confident about it than we were last year. Uh, I think the, uh, what was the tree called? The mojo tree. The mojo dove tree. What the, yeah. yeah. Mojo, Literally just mojo yeah. dove tree. Yes. Has definitely been, oh, not to say game changer, but definitely, you know, you know, spicing up the decoy presentation has definitely, uh, drawn more doves. And I know you don't necessarily have to have decoys in order to draw them in, but I think that piece of it has definitely helped out a lot more, um, when it comes to the hunting side of things this year. Yeah. And I think, like you said, we're, I think we're all kind of getting more confident with, uh, dove hunting when this is something so simple and we didn't do it for so long because we've every other year we've always just been fishing right now. Yep. We've been fighting through that, uh, that beginning of that fall transition where that end of the summer where it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like in usually in late August, September, it's hard fishing. And this is a nice little bridge here going into uh, traditional fall fishing. Yes, and I think we've done a little more exploring of public land. I mean, we're pub- we hunt public land. You know, we don't have the fancy access to the private farm, so it's definitely kind of hard to, uh, you know, find the, the the money area, if you will. So uh, obviously, with public land comes uh, public land problems in terms yes. of. Yes. Lack of management of some areas that look ideal, but when you get there, it's like up close. It's like, oh, this is this, this looked great 100 yards ago, but uh, not so much now. But uh, obviously, with uh, once the farmers who plow their fields for the corn, that will lead into goose season for some layup blind action. Yeah. Which, I, that should be fun. And I think we're pretty lucky with our public land choices around here because... Uh, one of them is called the uh, Tishigan uh, Lake Wildlife Area or Tishigan yep. Wildlife Area, yep. something along those lines. And um, one of the parts of that wildlife area consists of a couple of uh, uh, farm fields right now, which they have corn planted. So we're probably about a month out till they start harvesting, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine so too. And probably around that is a columbus day it's indigenous people day sorry indigenous people day. or person day or person day whatever it's called i think that will definitely uh you know the unofficial start of fall in the early october there i think they'll definitely kick up when those birds start coming down from canada when it starts getting real cold up there so i think that'll open up some more doors and content and video ideas and obviously just fun times and hopefully some some goose breast that we can, uh, you know, throw in a crock pot or whatever, make jerky out of it. So should be cool coming up. Um, obviously, in Wisconsin, deer season's not until November. I'm assuming we'll probably do a podcast before then. Oh, yeah. But, we'll uh, try to get back on a regular schedule with this Yes, for all of our listeners. Yes, for all of our loyal listeners out there. 
Um, that's pretty much it for the hunting side of things. In terms of generic Second Amendment uh, updates, uh, the really the only thing uh, since obviously 2020 and so far 2021 was a uh, roller coaster in terms of uh, supply and demand and availability of anything two-way related. Yeah, we don't go uh, shooting as much as we no, once, once no, did. We definitely do not. It's uh, it's really sad. Yep, like, gone. We, gone are the days. Our ten dollar on uh, fifty rounds of nine mil from the store. I still remember you could be able to find it for seven ninety nine at uh, a couple of the stores when yep. we had it. What was it? Marengo Guns, seven ninety nine for fifty rounds. Now it's like the cheapest I found it online. It's always out of stock now. It's like twenty three bucks, I think. Yep. That's so average. It's like thirty everywhere. Yeah, which is just said. The one nice thing is the actual price of firearms is now back down to pretty much uh, almost as close as you can pre COVID levels. So I when I, I was telling you uh, before Jay got out there when we were hunting that I was getting on a semi auto twelve gauge kick and trying to see if I could see what they had out there and i was like oh i forgot how much i really wanted a 4570 because that just totally makes sense right now and so i was like all right what is the whole the 4570 going for right now and what i remember it was on the cheap end from henry it was like i want to say it was 700 something yeah that sounds right. and henry is all a thousand bucks right now yep and yeah. I'm like the cheapest, it was like nine hundred something. I'm like, okay, so that that still hasn't gone down. I don't know if they got impacted because I know they're in New Jersey, so a nice liberal state. So yeah. that probably doesn't help. But yeah, I wonder if their operating costs have. I'm sure. And transportation, because I'm, I'm guessing they make everything in house, and yeah, a lot of their stuff is wood furniture and things like that. So because I've always wanted a forty-five seventy or thirty-thirty lever gun with a scope, because America. Yes. That is a prime deer season, yes. old school caliber there. Yeah. When I was at Elkhorn Gun Barrel, they did have 4570 in stock, so uh, I, the, the ammo is available. And it probably really hasn't changed in prices, just because that's always been expensive. No, it's still like two bucks a shot, so yeah. that, that really isn't changing. No. I mean, crap, 9 mil was coming up about a buck a shot. <laughs> yes, but uh, they... You know, Glocks are still back down to the normal Glock price. Smith & Wesson still is pretty much at the Smith & Wesson price. Taurus is like 30 40 bucks a gun more expensive. But overall, it, the, 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 the actual firearm is back down to normal. The problem is everything else that goes along with the firearm is not really available. Or if it is, it's, you know, completely inflated to what it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. So I, I still get those Palmetto State Armory emails, and they're like, they came up, they come up on my email and I'm looking and I'm like, Oh cool. It's in like, they say I have this as a daily deal and you go on there and it's just gone. Whether it's always ammo is always gone by the yeah. time I look. And then, but usually the firearm, it's like, sometimes it's a pretty good deal, but then yeah, then it's just gone. So, uh, I, I think that's pretty crazy. The, the world we live in. Cause when we were doing this podcast last before COVID, I mean, firearms were, Obviously readily available, and ammo was always readily available. And I remember when stuff started getting weird with COVID, I believe was right when we sh they shut down the country, that we we made a big ammo purchase. Yeah. We were talking about right it. Before and, April. Yeah. And, and I, I still kick myself for yep. not ordering so much more. Yeah. 
Yeah. One less gun, more ammo. Yeah, I, I would have done that, absolutely. Yeah, I remember ordering, we were in the Delavan Burger King restaurant, and I would order 250 rounds of Remington 115, you know, grain, 9 mil full metal jacket, and then 250 rounds of that, and then 250 rounds of 223 Remington, the 55 grain. Back when it was still normal price, but I remember thinking, wow, I'm spending a lot, but, you know, now's not the time, and then... Yeah. You know, I I, I should have done, I should have doubled the quantity. Yeah. And for those listening, we were never ones to buy a thousand rounds of anything because um, I think just the world we lived in and with us being, I don't know, just not newer to firearms, but just maybe naive that we're just like, oh, this is always going to be cheap like this. Like I remember keeping tabs on how cheap, it, like Walmart was the cheapest place to buy ammo that was not bulk ammo. If you wanted to go buy 200 rounds of 9 mil, it was Walmart. That was the cheapest. Yes, and we were, by the time we really got into firearms, we weren't around for the 2011 to 2013 drought of 22 long rifle. We weren't into firearms then. So we we uh, got into firearms knowing that... Bless you. Yes. Knowing that everything was going to be in stock when we got there of every caliber you can possibly imagine. That's all we knew. So seeing this unprecedented run on ammo kind of made us rethink. And I remember whenever we'd find nine mil, we would kill ourselves spending 27 bucks a box, but we would, we would be like, Oh, give me two. And now I think I'm more at like, you know, six, 700 rounds of that, but after doing that for so many times, but yeah, now it's like, if I don't think it'll ever get back down to 10 bucks a box, but if it gets back down to like 13 bucks, in that 13 15 range that might be when it's time to let's pick up 300 rounds yes well and i just remember always going to bass pro shop picking up uh 22 for 369 yeah some dog dog crap cheap man Mm -hmm. and after doing that so many times and making so many damn bass pro runs yeah and just always picking up 100 rounds or 200 rounds every time we went like the amount of 22 i have in my house right now is is a lot. Like, I guess if 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 China decides to come, I, I guess I'm going to take them down with 22 and not 5.56. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I, I also picked up a box of, like, the 500-round box of 22 when things got weird. I think the next day I'm like, oh, I'll add this to the order, too. So that's... I probably have more 22 rounds than any other round. Yeah, for sure yeah, I do. Definitely more than 4.58. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But the thing is that that's still about the same price. Yeah, that really hasn't changed. So if All you, those if weird... you want a firearm and it's shooting the same price as pre-COVID pricing, buy four fifty-eight. So common. Yeah. <laughs> All, All those weird like four fifties, whatevers, three hundred whatevers. Those really the demand really hasn't shot up, so the prices are about the same. Especially uh, when we get uh, to hunting season. Maybe when we get to hunting season, you'll find you know three hundred wind mag or seven millimeter on eight might be a little low. Well, and that was the thing, because I was like, I I remember last year when we were deer hunting, and I was like, crap, I have no 30-odd six, and I, I think I found a box left that I had of hunting rounds, and I think I had like 15 in there, which is when we sighted in our rifles, um, and I just remember taking like i think i sighted in five times just made sure it was sighted in and now i only have like a handful left so i'm like well i can't shoot that many deer anyways and technically that's good for a couple years yes uh and it's not like dove hunting where we're just 
you, you can take a shot and it's pretty forgiving. If you miss, still with shotgun ammo, you could still find shotgun ammo. Um, what, one thing I've not seen in a while is the target loads of like Winchester or the hundred round packs at Walmart. No, I haven't seen that in a long time. I have, Cause I, for a while I was seeing that and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Yeah. I, I just remember they had even the 25 round things for like five bucks at Walmart and like, you can't find any of those. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jay, how much 350 legend do you still have? I think I only have like four boxes. No, that's, that's four more than I do. That's that's the only gun I don't have ammo I for. feel like it was 18 bucks, maybe, last that's, time I bought it. That's like 13 not, bucks. That's uh, not a bad deal. It was it was a good deal, and I just, I said I'll take all of it, and they had four boxes. Yeah, because I, the last time, yeah, what, 350 Legend, they, I still find that in some places, just like uh, 450 Bushmaster. Last time I saw 450 Bushmaster, I want to say it was at, I want to say it was at a Farm and Fleet when I found it the other day, and it was $47 for 20 rounds. Mm-hmm. That, that shot up there a little bit. But tractor supply has always been a douche with how expensive they keep their ammo. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know why. Fleet Farm's always, Fleet Farm's all right. Yeah. But we've never really bought ammo at Fleet Farm compared to, or like, in, like, for such a long time, like Walmart or yeah, yeah, Bass Pro Shop or mm-hmm. somewhere else, but but yeah, tractor supply has always been a little high. We've I think we've bought a pretty good amount of ammo at Big R. Yeah, Stock and Field. Stock and Field. Sorry, rest in peace. It's back open now in Burlington. Is 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 that really back open? In it says it says now open. There's cars in there and everything. Oh so. really? The one in uh, Johnsburg is still closed. Some other uh, construction company bought it. Oh, okay. I, I knew someone bought it. I didn't realize they reopened the stores. Or like a construction-based company. I don't know. All for all them blue-collar people out there. Yeah. That's all we are here. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I get the I get the two-way bug every now and then. But then sometimes you get that sticker shock on the internet or at the gun store. And you're like, ah, I guess maybe I'll hold off for a little bit. Yeah, like, once a, like I was going through, I'm like, okay, what, what do I want to buy here? Because I still want to get Amy a Glock, and I, was, I just keep bouncing around at that Glock 43X, like the MOS version, and I'm like, okay. And do you know the Glocks now? They don't come with the uh, mounting plates for the MOS versions now. Ooh, did they get cheap Budget. on us? Yeah, get ah, a little got cheap. cheap. you got to spend 25 extra bucks if you want the mounting plate kit. Wow. Like, yeah. that's bull. <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> Yep, because, yep, my Glock 17 MOS came with the mounting kit. I remember. Mine did not, but I didn't buy an MOS. Uh, oh, yeah, because you got your custom slide, right? Cut, custom slide cut, which took like three million years. What? Which I'm surprised, because that went to California, of all places. Yep. Yeah, not, not the hotbed of Second Amendment activity. Yeah. At all. So... Well, hopefully next time we have a, a better feed on that. Yes. Moving on from Second Amendment. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jay, how is the auto side of fishing tractors and Auto 2A going along? Any hot projects? Not really. Not not uh, winterizing the Subu? Well, I mean, that's coming. I think the bigger thing is the... Uh... 
Shortage of parts in the automotive repair industry. Why is that happening? Well, thanks to COVID. That's that's what you blame everything on now. It is. Yes. So are you seeing that every day at work? Every day at work and everywhere on the internet. And I mean, spreading into everything, honestly, Mm -hmm. any repair. No one wants to work, so can't make the parts that you need to fix things. So are you saying that the supply chain from all of our wonderful Chinese-made parts is uh, is a little broken? It is definitely broken with no end in sight. So how do we bounce back from this? Bring it back to America. Yeah, that, that's part of the, uh, the issue. The thing is also, yeah, also have to get people back to work in America. Back to work, yeah. Which, with the additional unemployments ending... Last week, I believe, I believe the Tuesday after Labor Day, they ended. Yes. Hopefully, that'll get some people back to work, because I, you know, everybody needs workers right now. Yep. There's no shortage of jobs. Every people single just window need to work. has a help wanted sign. Yeah. Yep. Everywhere, and um, that will solve part. That's not the only solution to the problem, but that will solve a lot of it. Is getting stuff off the the uh, the barges and the. Uh, shipping vessels going between the oceans and then moving them from the boat to the flatbed truck then flatbed truck to the train and then train to the regional place in the midwest or the east coast and then back on a truck again and into your stores and then and maybe a little less hand from the government in it all yes could always use a little less but the times we live in i don't think that's going to happen but Anytime soon or just in general? Just in general. Uh, find me a government program where they've introduced or had they have done something and they've went back to the way things used to be. True. I'll wait. Yeah. So it's still waiting meme and it's the, the skeleton. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what that is. So I, but I think that was also the problem with ammo and the two-way piece was the supply chain being broken. Mm-hmm. Because you heard all about, okay, you know, the ammo flew off the shelves. That's fine. Not not a surprise when it comes to a crisis or mass shooting always happens. But then it became the manufacturing of, you know, even the people who reloaded started to reload. Then all of a sudden, yeah, you can get the bullets, but now you can't get the pieces of the, for the primer. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you, you know, you can't fire ninety percent of the bullet. It just, it just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You need everything, and if you don't, aren't able to deliver everything, things either one get more expensive or two just don't show up on the shelves. And that's kind of what we have seen and what we are seeing now. With not just uh, auto is a good example, but it's really everything, including uh, basic household necessities as well. In addition to, uh, you know. There's plenty of toilet paper back on the shelves. Oh yeah, but it, and paper towels and cleaning supplies. You know, you the, you they they can't even sell them at the discount rate all the Clorox wipes anymore. But that being said, you go to the food section. You know, things are a little different when it, you you know you move over to the food section and you see, you know, they might look stocked, but all of a sudden you're like, why is there just one brand of chips on the on the thing? Or like. You look stocked, then you look behind on the shelf, and you're like, "Oh, there's nothing behind this this little, you know, tall stack here." So, I think we're going to continue to see shortages, and I don't think this inflationary period we're going in is temporary. 
I think we're going to continue to see this at least until 2023. And then we'll see who controls what after 2022 election cycle. But I don't think that it's going to get better anytime soon. So you have to take the necessary measures to prepare yourself for higher prices of everything, which includes gasoline as well. Yeah, that's been a change from a year ago at this time, year and five months ago. When it got down to by us, it was I think the cheapest I saw it up here was ninety seven cents a gallon. Yeah, I paid eighty six cents at one point in time. Yeah, and now we're uh, rolling at the gas station down the street was uh, two ninety nine. It's been fluctuating between two ninety nine and three oh seven, which I know for some people that sounds like really cheap, but for this part of the country, where you know go down to Cook County in Chicago and then you're looking at three seventy, it's like holy crap. Like, yeah. Yeah, my area is like three thirty still. Yeah. For just your regular old. Well, it's crazy. Eighty-seven just, octane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crazy because I know. Even just uh, like filling up in diesel, like I like diesel in, uh, in my work area, it's like, I want to say it's three thirty-ish a gallon, but then I go up to Costco up by the west side of Milwaukee and it's. Two, two eighty nine, two eighty seven a gallon. It's like that much of a difference. It's crazy. But you are also that's different states. It's different uh, governing taxing, bodies. yeah, governing bodies, and yeah, fun stuff. But that's just gonna keep going up and up and up. So I don't know. I feel like I'm filling up so much right now. Yeah, and you know, even like I remember, I. I have it, you know, timed out in the way my truck burns gas where, you know, back when gas was under 250, I could put 10 gallons and that would be getting me to work uh, there and back in uh, two days. Now it's like three quarters of a day where the price of gas now is. So, and I don't, that gas is not going to get any better uh, in terms of if you look at what OPEC and the Russians are doing gas is not going to get any cheaper and you know we saw the Biden administration asked Saudi Arabia and OPEC to produce more oil and they told them to pound sand and uh, we went from being energy independent the past uh, uh, prior to January 1st of this year or uh, I should say January 20th of this year and we went from complete energy independent the number one exporter of oil to the world and now we're begging people who really don't like us to produce more oil so we can get it cheaper. And why did that happen? Uh, something happened November 3rd, 2020. <laughs> and who knows how legit it was. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see, especially next week. Yep, next Friday. Pay attention. So uh, that's really it for Second Amendment items. Does anyone have any other fun topics they'd like to bring up on the floor? Jay. Yeah, I did nothing. Okay. Well, we went through, we went through fishing. Fishing. Uh, So I guess I guess we can touch on tractors. We haven't had too much tractor activity in the area recently. No, we have not. Uh, But I guess around here, grass cutting is winding down. In the last, I would say we're coming up to the home stretch, month and a half ish here. Yeah, about. And And we got to start uh, prepping for winter. Yes, we got to do a little fall tillage. 
I, I don't know about you guys. I am excited for winter. Yes, it's. I am pumped. Yeah, <laughs> I used to never be excited for winter because that means that we'd always have to put the boat away and can't fish on open water. And yeah. we got we got which ice fishing we haven't really talked about either in terms of no podcast. That's a new thing too. Yes, because we didn't do that till this past COVID time. Yeah. Yes, we last year we definitely took up ice fishing. I know we had, you know, the couple we got. I think we got a couple ice fishing related videos and some instagram pics of us out there and stuff like that but a couple drill challenges yep drill challenges comparisons i recommend go watch that clam drill plate video on our youtube channel definitely uh influence whether uh what kind of device you want to use to you know power your auger i think but that's the easiest way to go compared to your electric yes go electric uh, you can make the uh, liberals happy and not, you know, use a gas engine. So, yeah. And as much as the, it's nice to not make liberals happy to use a gas auger. That gas auger was really heavy, and it was is bulky. Hard time starting. It could drill a hole though. It could definitely drill a hole. It could drill yes. a hole. It definitely drill a hole. But once we switched to that battery powered operating system, it was like. Oh my goodness, this is good. <laughs> this yes. is like freaking gold. Huh? Yeah, and there's really not much to it, as you'll see on on the video. And we we drilled nine holes, and what was it, a total of 45 seconds between all? Three? I believe so. The video is te- uh, technically titled uh, "Milwaukee versus Dewalt versus uh, Rigid uh, Drill for an Ice Auger." A little challenge that we kind of have some. Uh, Little little hole challenge we drilled, and I believe the overall winner was barely. Was it the Walt? The Walt won by a little bit, but I think it was more just the operator. Yeah, so got maybe, a little better with the so, holes quicker, but I think the times total was probably yeah the same. I'll just say, don't could, buy the rigid, okay? Mm-hmm. Stick with name brand. <laughs> yes, don't buy the Home Depot special. No Hercules. <laughs> no, no Hercules. No, what's what's Walmart brand? Hard, hard. Uh, hard. Heart. 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 Yes. Not hard. Yes. Hard. I mean rigid rigid will do fine, just remember it's you know if unless you're unless you're in a competition, your rigid will do fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Going for the rigid owner. Yeah, easy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that was probably what like one of the one of the reasons that I bought a Milwaukee drill that went into it was so we could do that video. That's, See? That's how you buy things. That is how you buy things. You're just trying to, you know, I'm dedicating, one up your friends. dedicating my life to one-up my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, we also have a, uh, we use a clam drill plate, which that is a separate video, uh, which just attaches to a hand auger, which allows us to mount the drill on there, which, you know what, I think in the future they'll probably have an easier, like, quick detach system, because um, right now it's a, it's a little bit of a pain, but it's like, it's first world problems. It kind of needs to be, though. But yeah. Because drills are all they're all different, different lengths, heights. But no, that's I don't know. We had a lot of fun, and I think the majority of the fun out there for me personally was the tip ups. Oh yeah, when you're sprinting like you were when you were ten years old. Yeah, you're going to that flag and sprinting across the ice, sliding. Yeah, and you know what? For not even that long ago, we looked at this and we're like, "Who are those freaking crazy guys out there?" Mm -hmm. That right when the water opened up a little bit, I remember fishing Big Bear Lake before we had a boat with half that lake 
had ice on it, and we were yep. fishing the open body, uh, open water parts. So yes, yep. Back in the days of when we we're just rolling with one or two bait casters, and we could fit all of our fishing tackle in one tackle bag. I know. No, it's so much. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I had a spinning reel. Yeah, and you know what? And just the amount of uh, tackle and uh, it's like it's not even just like oh we just we could just buy this just cause it's just I think we also advanced our uh, abilities of certain fishing, fishing techniques and yes, stuff we sure have. that you're like hey this rod does not work well for a frog setup. I need a heavier rod for a frog or for a jig compared to this, I need a lighter rod. And obviously you can go way more in depth than any of us go yep. with that. But that's going to be on a pro level, especially getting some things at a discount at least. So if anybody's listening and they want to sponsor us, yes. find yes. our email. Yep, drop a DM. Z-Man Chatterbait, we're speaking to you. Yeah. yeah. Just drop a DM in one of our social accounts. Um, any uh, any fall fishing tips, Tikas? Uh, for those of you who are south of the Mason Mason Dixon line, uh, so if you say y'all on a regular basis, I re- the bait fish are going to be starting to get pushed back in the back of the creeks. So that means you're going to want to start as the uh, weather gets colder to go a little more further back. Uh, you know, now you're going to probably start in the mouths, probably, uh, if you can picture kind of a Kentucky Lake or a, a Gunnersville, TVA, or even, you know, Table Rock, all your Ozark Lakes. Picture, you know, those creeks, you know, as we get closer to November 1st, you're going to want to start pushing further and further back as uh, those bait fish school up back in the shallower areas. For those of us who live up north, uh, this is probably your preferred time to fish in terms of uh, fish activity. Uh, kind of once, you know, the, the pre-spawn, once they go into spawn up north, it's, they typically, they're a lot harder to find until now. They're still chasing after their bait fish, but they are trained to know after years of having uh, the water get cold and having a solid roof over their heads for, uh, you know, three to four months out of the year, that now is time to feed and bulk up for that winter cold. So uh, they are going to be uh, essentially uh, schooling up too, but you, you know the predator fish are going to be much more active. So you're going to want to still find the bait fish, but in terms of uh, you know what to use, it's going to be a lot of uh, shad colors. You know your American shad color that we have up here, your gizzard shad. But uh, you're all, but you know you're still going to want to uh, find the schools of bait fish they're going to be chasing those because it's going to you know it's going to get cold so that's what they're doing in this time of year obviously clear water deep water uh clear or both clear deep you're gonna you know most likely going after small mouths are you going to want to uh, still get that drop shot out but when it comes to your uh more shallow dirtier water uh bright colors uh i usually like the uh all white in the fall uh, and bigger profile because these shad have lived a little longer, so they're a little bigger too. So that's your that's my fall advice for those of you who are, you know, been working through the fall transition, and it's already got, starting down south. It's just starting. It's just just starting up here. So yeah, which is weird because you think sometimes it would be quicker here, like that would happen here quicker. But, um, but yeah, so like us talking about fishing has been like that's just been such a big part of 
I think, our world in the past year and a half since the last time we actually did a podcast. And um, where we go? Last year we went to we went to Bull Shoals last year, fished there, um, blew up our lower unit on the bass boat, which was so much fun. And, uh, yeah. There was some extensive damage. There was some extensive thousands of dollars of damage. But um, thank you to... Steven, my boy, uh, Steven, our boy, uh, for fixing that, uh, did a great job. We got that on the water a little late this year. We probably would have went out probably late March, but due to the a brand new lower unit going in and insurance and all that fun stuff, I mean, I think we got out in the end of April. Just say COVID. It's okay. It just is because of COVID. That's yep. why. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. Fishing has just been such a big part of our lives, and which is why we, uh, why we're probably talking about that majority right now. And like we said, two A stuff. It's been hard to shoot, so uh, we're not really shooting. I mean, we're getting out hunting, which is fun, but uh, it's uh, it's hard to make hunting videos. Agreed. To bring that uh, that content to you, and I like I see some of those guys that got like the. Uh, the shooting cam or whatever it's called. And it's like, it's mounts on the end of their shotgun barrel. It produces a really nice image of your target and the shot kills and everything. I just looked it up and it was like $700. I'm like, Ooh, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like one yeah. whole hunting season yeah. would be like one YouTube video. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a little hard. Know. So, well, you know what? Next time we go out dove hunting, we'll actually uh, get a video going and, do that but it's definitely helped a lot with utilizing our more of our um media uh equipment having a gopro we've been using that yolo tech power stick for the bass boat and i think that has made our fishing videos um a lot more watchable slash uh just like more in depth because you get different views of everything you're catching each one of those fish catches that we have um, instead of one of us running up, I mean, we're still running to go get the camera, but we're yeah. not losing that time. So, um, we went to the Mississippi river this year. So that video is up, um, and a little disappointing up there this year. Agreed. You know, with the, it was storms what, as well. Yeah. Yes. We, we, Definitely you know, what? it was, it was a drought all year. So for those of you in the, uh, Northern part of the country, especially the Midwest, the drought was really bad throughout the year. Uh, we were bad throughout the country. Um, so the the Mississippi River up there on Pool 8 was low. Yep, it was low. But uh, we picked the one week out of the year where it it's it consistently rained. Yeah, from storm. Monday through, like, Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> the water wasn't chocolate milk like it can get in the backwaters. But it was definitely not as clear as it needed to be for the fish to No, it messed those fish up. It did. And, and this know, isn't a fisherman's excuse. That that was just reality of oh, we've been there years now, going up there, and we know how these fish, how they react during this time of year, and especially we went a little bit earlier this year, hitting that summer bite, which that summer bite is usually pretty easy to catch a fish, whether it's a stick bait or frog, and they weren't even touching a frog. No, no, and I don't even know if the bass were the ones hitting that frog. It could have been the pike or the guard just yeah getting angry. Yeah, but as you can see from the video, the only thing that really worked was that stupid tube. Yes, siren, right? And, and the siren color, that bright, bright chartreuse color, 
So, and if you don't know what a stupid tube is, watch the video on how to rig it. Yes, and then you can see us catch fish with it. So, so, but yeah, along with uh, along with that, um, with utilizing tubes, swim baits too, was a technique that we never did, and then all of a sudden that popped up this year for us. Just kind of a that was a random night that uh, that we went out that I was like, I want to try swim bait for some reason. I bought a whole bunch of swim bait stuff in the beginning of the year because. Just watching all the Mark Zona stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then just never did, because I was using a jig, or I was using a chattery, I was using something else. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to put this on. And then the swim bait, then it was fish after fish after fish. It was just stupid fishing like that. It was like was... Table Rock when we started doing all the yeah and all the deep water stuff. Yeah, it was And crazy. now that works around here, and we're not in 80 feet of water. Yeah, because we were, we were so scared for years to, uh, like fish offshore and um then we went down to table rock and i think i think table rock for all of us really helped us start to fish offshore ish and deep deep and water. deep water because we were like you're in deep water 10 feet off the bank you're in 80 feet and catching trees and you're catching tops of the trees Lots which is trees. which that to me is just so it's hard to wrap your mind yeah. out of that yeah. you're floating above all these trees yeah. and, that, and that's so cool because you're never going to see that around here yeah because i remember on table rock when we were on that stretch by the cliffs where I caught those four or five smallmouth in like that 30-minute stretch. We were in 35 feet of water casting into 15, and we're maybe 50 feet off the bank. And, you know, that it, it was just surreal just using a football jig, one, because you can't use football jigs up here really. Yeah. Very rare. And two, catching small, like big smallmouth. And, of course, that was before we really got into the whole media side of things. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so now it's just a fisherman story. But yeah. I think that's kind of, that kind of opened to our eyes to offshore fishing and really what you can do to uh, the damage you can do compared to just beating at the bank. Even though being at the bank works and sometimes is necessary, but you know now we have the confidence more to use our electronics, break down a lake better, and actually make more meaningful casts and actually go fishing and not just casting. Especially when. You're utilizing your electronics or just looking at a map. And just by looking at a map and a con or contour lines and knowing the time of year and generally the water temperature um, and where you're located, like you can eliminate a good 80% of that lake. And you, uh, it's like, hey, it's not going to fish. Like you like you can't fish over here. There, it's, it's going to be nothing over there. So that's why those electronics, I think, help us a lot, especially learning how to use them. So all these kitty cats. I know. But um, but yeah, other than that, we do have last thing on fishing. We are um, taking our fall trip this year. We're going in a different direction. We are not going south. We are going to be crazy, and we are going to go north. Yes, we are heading up to Sturgeon Bay, which uh, I know a lot of the pro tours have made multiple stops up there. And, you know, you can go watch all their... Green Bay, Sturgeon Bay, all those videos. Uh, even though they're different bodies, essentially it, it's the same body of water but different. But it's it's all offshore drop shot smallmouth fishing. So uh, that will be new for us. We've never been up there in terms of going bass fishing. Uh, October is a great time of year up there. It'll be a lot of uh, drop shot with you know you know kind of worms, uh, probably some tubes. Swim baits, football jigs will probably be the big four, I would imagine. Um, 
hopefully the weather cooperates and we get decent enough weather where we can expand to a few different areas, but hopefully catch some, on average, three-pound smallmouth. That would be awesome. That's going to be huge. <laughs> there would be some fun fights. And yeah. that will be fun fights, and that would be the final month to tie it all back to the beginning of the American Fishing Challenge where hopefully we can measure in some smallmouth. And, uh, you know, once yeah. those Florida – Florida Giants start shutting down when it gets below 70 degrees at night. So Jason Denise, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, you know, watch out for those uh, Lake Michigan uh, smallmouth up there. So Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's going to produce us some content, I'm hoping. So um, I, I personally think our top eight's up there. I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be your drop shot. I think it's going to be a tube and I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to be a swim bait. Yeah. I really so, want it to be a, a lure that you fish with a bait caster. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm still going to, I'm going to have a tube rigged up on a bait caster, but I'm also going to have a tube rigged up on yep, a yep. spinning reel. I'm going to have both my tube so setups. I'm going to have all my spinning reels up on the deck. Which is going to be weird. It's going to be really weird. And I'm like... And it's like, luckily, spinning rails and setups and all that stuff is cheap. It's a lot more cheaper than yes, the big cast setups. But yes. but yes, that should be fun. Hopefully, we'll get some that where that was coming at the end of October. So, probably that video will come out early November. Yes. By the so. time we get all out. Uh, and by that time, we will have our official word of the new tournament series or division. Or, different series that we're going to yes. be having next year yes 2022 is going to be a big year in terms of tournament fishing so whether you're experienced intermediate or just starting out there's going to be a tournament for you that we will be providing for you yes or if you just live in the state of wisconsin there's yep. going to be a tournament for you that too and so uh and there are sponsorship available uh, as well yes so if you're looking to get your brand out there and want to partner with us we are you know shoot us an email drop us a dm on any social and we'll be sure to get back to you and uh look forward to growing with you in that route as well yes so um i think that's it yeah i I think that's it so we'd like to thank everyone for watching and everyone who's watched any one of our videos we appreciate it um we we can see the analytics and we appreciate everyone who's you know, watch and in some cases continue to watch our videos. Uh, we appreciate your time and we know your time is valuable. And every time you uh, spend watching our content, we greatly appreciate it. So make sure you check us out on realamericanoutdoors.com, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want more information on the American Fishing Challenge, you can go to Tourney X or go to our website as well. All the links are there. Ever have a question or anything, feel free to shoot us, shoot us a DM on any of the platforms and uh thanks for listening tonight and uh we'll hopefully be back with you soon uh on another edition of the real american upport oh god losing it it's all right i know yeah breathe tony you need more beer i know more beer (laughs) so thanks for listening to the real american outdoors podcast and we'll and we'll catch you next time we are out